There's no stopping the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast as we make our way through the Batman era B-sides. On this episode, we'll be covering the Bat Dance B-side, 200 Balloons. And joining me again is Angel Monique. Welcome back to the show, Angel. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. I always love having you on to offer your perspective on Prince songs. Uh, 200 Balloons is the song you agreed to talk to me about today. A B-side from Batman. So I asked this of all of my Batman-era guests. Do you have any specific memories of this era? Uh, Anything that you want to share with the listeners about Batman? When did you hear this song for the first time, too? Um, I, I don't remember when I first heard this song. I do. I mean, Batman is one of my favorite movies. And... Every time I come on here, you make me age myself, which is okay because I don't mind being my my age. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when this movie premiered in 1989. I was there premiere night. Um, and I was with a cousin. We stood in line for tickets at like a nine o'clock showing. They sold out while we're in line. So we decided we'll stay for the midnight showing. And... I remember wearing this yellow sundress with a white Batman t-shirt underneath it that I had just grabbed out of Dillard's on the way to the movie theater because the Batman symbol glowed in the dark. It was like a Joe Boxer limited edition t-shirt. And we really only went just because Prince was doing the soundtrack. And I wound up really loving the movie. And I wouldn't let her leave until every credit had rolled by and the lights came on. Because I wanted to hear every bit of it. <laughs> yep. Especially since, you know, Scandalous was in the closing credits. You got to yes. make it all the way through that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, everybody was getting up and leaving. And I was like, no, no, no. We're here until the lights come up. We have to hear every bit of it. So that is my Batman story. Premiere night. I think cool. I was 15, 16 then. Maybe yeah. making, probably 16, right just after I made 16. Right around then. So, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't see Batman premiere night, but I definitely saw it in theaters that summer. Just like, you know, it was very, very many of us. Uh, yeah. I think most, most of us who were teenagers in 1989 would have made some point of watching that movie if we were, you know, capable of doing so. We're close enough to a theater showing it. Uh, okay, cool. So 200 Balloons, you don't have really any memories of hearing the first the song for the first side. I, I can't remember Maybe the I hits and B-sides? I'm going to go with that's probably it because it certainly wasn't a, a radio situation. Yeah. So probably when we got the CD. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that was mine. When I first heard it. Yeah. But as the, um, the B-side to the biggest commercial successful single from the Batman album, which was Bat Dance, of course, mm-hmm. I think there was plenty of folks who maybe were still buying singles at that time. Not necessarily recording songs off the radio, but going out and either buying the cassette single, potentially buying the CD single, or even buying the vinyl single. There were like three ways that you could own this single back in 1989. Um, And if they did, if they went out and made a point of purchasing the single, they would have gotten 200 Balloons as the B-side. And um, 200 Balloons is, is kind of an interesting song because 
you know, it was intended actually to be in the film. Like Prince wrote the, wrote the song for the film. It wasn't a song pulled from the vault and repurposed. It was written and recorded, you know, in early 1989 when, after he had already been commissioned to start recording songs for Batman. Yeah. And this song was intended to fill a spot in the film where the Joker is, uh, you know, having his balloon parade down the streets of Gotham City. And he's got his big balloons and he's dancing with mm-hmm. his henchmen. And but then he's throwing money out. Of course, then the balloons later uh, are used to release poisonous gas right. uh, on the unsuspecting residents and, and parade goers. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of very literal interpretation of that scene by calling a song 200 balloons when it's a balloon filled parade scene right i mean that's yes. kind of how i interpret it yeah and i recall i remember if i recall correctly tim burton didn't like it mm-hmm. didn't care for 200 balloons so that's yeah how we just wound didn't up think it getting, didn't fit yeah so we wound up getting trust instead yep yep so yeah. the way i understand it is that the filming was done using uh, a track that was just kind of a filler, which was a Prince mm-hmm. song. I think uh, they used "Baby, Baby, I'm a Star," and from there, then uh, you know, the intention was to kind of replace that song with something newer. And "Two Hundred Balloons" was what Prince came up with. But now, when I hear the two songs, "Two Hundred Balloons" versus "Trust," which ended up going in that scene instead. Uh-huh. I think I do like trust better for the scene than 200 balloons personally, even though the literal naming and the, and the lyrics used in the song don't fit quite as nicely as they did if yeah. it was 200 balloons. But for whatever reason, the music I think works better. Yeah. I think the mu- musically it definitely works better. Yeah. Definitely. So, so that was a case, an example of Prince taking some constructive criticism and uh, applying it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, didn't always just basically say it's my way or the highway, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not in this case. A couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, he shows the capability of taking constructive criticism and working with it. Uh, I mean, and there's probably others. I'm being, I'm being, uh, you know, sarcastic, but yeah, uh, he, but he was kind of known to be headstrong too, as well. Yeah. Well, this song is, was a was a great one. Any, you know, I mean, by itself, aside from all of that, I mean. The song is attached to Miles Davis, so you know what I mean. Like, it's not a throwaway, certainly. Right. Did you, yeah. So, it still redeems itself. The song has like a more of a rock feel to it for me. I mean, there's a, yeah. there's danceable elements to it, but it seems like more of a rock song than Trust, which was more of a a dance pop song. Uh, Trust seems more fun. This seems a little maybe more darker, even though it's not yeah. really a dark song, but. It just feels darker to me than trust. Yeah, musically, I think so. As opposed to the party and, you know, what we get from trust. I agree. Yeah. And Prince's voice at the very beginning of the song, so you get like this hard-driving drum machine beat that goes throughout the song. It's kind of like lays the, the basis, the foundation for the track. And, um, you know, the reference to the in the title 200 balloons is kind of alluded to already reference to the scene in in Batman with uh, Joker bringing in the balloons. But then the first lines that we hear in the song is Prince singing 
who's going to stop 200 balloons? Nobody. Let's do it. And he, But he does that in some sort of like manipulated vocal yeah. approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a spoken spoken word intro, but it's not Prince's normal speaking voice. It's definitely manipulated somehow. Yeah. It's a little it's a little odd. It's a little strange sounding, like more robotic. It's got like a more of a lower, sinister sounding um, tone to it to me, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less less human, which you know I guess could fit if you're thinking of the song being used over a scene that ultimately leads to death and destruction <laughs> you know, <laughs> and mayhem. Um, it starts off very fun, the scene does, but as we know from anybody's yeah. familiar with the, with the movie, that's not how too. it ends. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and just the chaos of throwing all the, the money around and people basically losing their minds and being human beings, which are, you know, Greedy, I guess is the the right <laughs> word to use there. Gotham's Definitely. greed. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Mardi Gras a little bit. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that Very would be an, that an, an apt analogy considering where you live, right? Yes. <laughs> you would Definitely. you would think of that. Yeah, parades and Mardi Gras go hand in hand for sure. I mean, you know, if you don't have those, <laughs> you really have more have carnival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anything else about that little intro? I mean, it's essentially the the, the phrase that you kind of remember. I, at least that's the phrase I remember most about the song. Who's going to stop 200 balloons? Nobody. Let's yeah. do it. That let's so, do it all the way through there. Yeah, let's do it. And that sample of let's do it was also then pulled and lifted for Bat Dance on the right. flip side, you know, on the A side. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that you get uh, the let's do it sample from the B side on the A side. I thought (laughs) kind of a neat little trick that Prince pulled out us there. Yeah. All right. So then moving on to the actual lyrics of the song prince uh, in the first verse says 25 policemen all in a row can't stop the party people go 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 if you can't beat them join them baby say so it's party time everybody come on let's go fly with me 200 balloons okay so the first line with the 25 policemen you know i immediately start thinking of the Gotham police, you know, and just yeah. maybe again, like this was written for the movie. So mm-hmm. I really take it a lot of these lines literally where maybe some people don't, especially with the, with the lyrics and songs that were repurposed, mm-hmm. but songs that were written explicitly for a scene in the film t- seem to be logically more likely to have literal um, connections to the film. I mean, Definitely. do you kind of agree with that, or I agree. I um, especially when there are samples pulled from line, like lines of the movies, movie pulled the samples. I don't know how it can be. You know, I mean, I respect the way that everybody sees it, but I don't know how it can be taken in any way other than li- uh, literal. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's the easiest, you know, easiest answer, easiest um, conclusion one can make is jumping immediately to where does this fit in the movie and how do these lyrics 
match up with the scene that he was writing it for. Um, And then the line, the party can't stop the party people again. I just think of the crowd around, you know, the the parade. um, You can consider them party people. Parades are parties, right? So (laughs) going back to your Mardi Gras comments, I mean, that's a party and it's also incorporates parades. So they kind of are the same thing, you know, synonymous here in this case. Absolutely. Uh, I don't really know what to make of, you know, like, if you can't beat him, join him, baby, say so. Um, I don't know. I mean, is it basically just saying, yeah, if you can't beat him, join him, meaning, like, grabbing at the money, potentially? Yeah. Um, you know, like, the if you're chaos a part of the crowd. That. Yeah. If you're in that crowd, you're either going to move with the crowd or, I mean, and this, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I hadn't really made the connection of Mardi Gras until just now, but. It is interesting that when when the crowd moves, you move. Otherwise, you're, you know, run over pretty much. So Mm. that makes sense to me. You know, if everybody is grabbing for the money, you know, when they're tossing the money, if you are not in that in some way, then you're pretty much just kind of mowed over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same as grabbing, you know, catching beads or whatever is coming off of a float. If you are not, if you're in the, especially if you're in the front of the crowd, if you're not moving with those that are pushing behind you, then you are pretty much run over. Right. So if you, yeah. if you can't beat them, meaning like you can't, you, <laughs> you, you can't uh, stop the the push, the onslaught right. of hum- humanity pushing against you, then you better just move with them, aka join them. So Absolutely. for your own safety, if nothing else. <laughs> right. Yeah, and again, he just says, you know, come on, let's go fly with me 200 balloons. And uh, I haven't mentioned it yet, but in that scene, the float that the Joker is on has the number 200 on it. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is a bit, I just like, <laughs> the literal connections are just, you know, hitting us over the head like a sledgehammer. Yeah. Uh, 200 balloons, there's a 200 on the float, there's balloons in the in the parade, Come fly with me. Well, balloons fly. I mean, there's. It's just so literal. It's like almost like if we tried to dig deeper, it would almost seem like we were trying too hard. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like we were trying to pull something yeah, out of, of nothing. It would be yeah. yeah, be pretty fake deep at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, we could. Oh yeah. yeah. Balloons represent you know society's. Uh, the the drug the drug uh, trade in in society in the in the eighties everybody was high as a balloon oh. or high as a kite <laughs> I, I, I that's a stretch that's money a stretch capitalism <laughs> you know <laughs> right I mean we could we can make connections that aren't really there or you know even if they were like if um, Tim Burton of course was the director of this film I don't know if he wrote the script or not yeah uh, but regardless you know this is Prince had an assignment. I've said this before. He had an assignment. He was given an assignment. He's rarely given assignments that are coming from external sources. Usually all of his assignments seem to be, you know, his internal pulls, what he wants Mm -hmm. to do. This is a rare case where he was given an external assignment to complete a task. And, um, you know, and and he's like, here, soundtrack this scene. Sure. (laughs) This is what I got. (laughs) This is what I got. It's a song about the balloons, man. It's a song about balloons and parties. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah, pretty straightforward.
So the next verse, let's then there's the course it's, we've already mentioned. There's the let's do it, let's do it samples going throughout. So if you hear me say that, it's just a more prominent placement of that. Let's do it. Blowing down the city, colder than ice. I think you better love me because I'm really kind of nice. If you do me once, girl, you have to do me twice. Wave your hand if you want a party tonight. Come on, everybody, two hundred balloons. Now, the question I've always, not always, but because <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I rarely ever thought of the song very deeply as I am right now. But now I see the term colder than ice. Uh, so I'm assuming, again, that's the, the more colloquial slang version of the word cold as ice. Kind of probably as somebody who's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you like know, badass. Yeah, badass, cool, mm-hmm. a hip. You know some of the common terms that are used to define what cool is to when it's used in that slang version. Don't really think it has anything to do with the temperature. <laughs> no. <laughs> Blowing down the city colder than ice. I think you better love me because I'm really kind of nice. So that's just a really simple rhyme, you know. It's just, yeah. I think he's just filling lines here potentially, um, filling the pattern for his verses. Because there's really not much love going on in this scene. Uh, it's not definitely really, not. Yeah. Yeah. There's not. There's nothing that implies any romantic uh, notions going on in the scene at all. Mm-hmm. So that that just feels like kind of a filler. Uh, you have to do me twice. If you do me once, girl, you have to do me <laughs> twice. So again, we're just talking like Prince putting stuff in there that he's that he could probably write. Uh, in his sleep, like those kinds of lines. Right. You're like, that's just Prince 101. Definitely. And, it, you know, I think it kind of goes back to being colder than ice because what, you know, if a guy felt that way about himself or anyone felt that way about themselves, then these are lines that could easily be said. This is very, this is believing in myself <laughs> that these lines come off of, you know, yeah. this feeling good about yourself. Yeah, exactly. So even like I didn't, I skipped past it, but the using the word nice here is also likely the slang version of nice, like being, yeah. you know, very good at something or skilled at something. Like I'm nice at, I'm nice yeah. in this. Not like I have, you know, a positive like personality. I'm a, really nice, a great person, <laughs> right? <laughs> you love me because I'm really kind of nice. Not because I, I don't necessarily take that to mean because I'm like a generous person. Right. Definitely not considering who you would imagine is yeah is, is singing right. this, this song. Yeah. Yeah, right. From We don't get that perspective. Like in the Batman soundtrack album, we had we were given the luxury of it saying things like, um, you know, this song is sung from the perspective of this character. I don't know. I don't believe 200 Balloons because it was a B-side had that. Um, listed there, like sung from the perspective of the Joker or sung from the perspective Mm -hmm. of Bruce Wayne. But we can probably deduce that this, because Trust was sung by the Joker, according Mm -hmm. to the the, um, album's credits. So if this was the original version of that, what was going to be there where Trust was, you can deduce that this would have been a Joker song. Right. I think it's safe to say. 
Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. If anybody disagrees, then you'd have to give me some good evidence. <laughs> we need show me your show me your work. Bring the receipts. We want to see. <laughs> exactly. Wave your hand if you want to party tonight. Come on, everybody. 200 balloons. So we're just, again, in this whole party atmosphere. And these are just lines to represent that. Yeah. It's a party song. It's, you know, a fun thing. So digging too deep is in being too deep. Yep. We're plugging so, along. Yeah. We're plugging along. Yeah, we are. And which is fine. This may be our shortest episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can we'll see what we can uncover here later in the song. Yes. Everybody's singing, fly with me. Let's do it. Come on, baby, fly with me. Let's do it. Fly with me, let's do it. Come on, baby, fly with me. I'll buy you love if I got 200 balloons. Um, so that's essentially the chorus. You know, it, I, pretty straightforward. Fly with me. A lot of analogies, you know, balloons and flying. Come mm-hmm. fly with me. Also, like, likely meaning come with me. Come join me. Um, you know, not literally fly up in the air with me. But again, like we're, you, the song uses a lot of metaphors. So in this case, I mean, fly with me is kind of like ride with me, come with me, right? however you want to think about it. Basically, he's trying to get, he's trying to galvanize his his crew, galvanize the uh, Gotham City residents to join him. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's one way of doing it is throwing a party and telling people to come fly with me. Yeah. Just get them all out there in the street so you can unleash the poison poison on them and <laughs> no better way to get anybody out there than throwing money yeah the i'll buy you love part is <laughs> the i'll buy you love part <laughs> is the uh the key i think takeaway from the chorus is because he's literally you know in the, the movie the joker's throwing money so he's trying right. to buy <laughs> literally buy people's affection and attention and yeah. loyalty adoration. yeah adoration great and then um you know, I'll buy you love if I got 200 balloons. Let's do it. Tell me that you love me. I'll buy your fancy car. I made you a couple times, so you made me a star. So take me for what I'm worth. Love me for what I are. Body maker, I'll take you way far. Come on, y'all. 200 balloons. Tell me that you love me. And I'll buy you a fancy car. I made you a couple of times, so you made me a star. So take me for what I'm worth. Love me for what I are. The party man. I'll take you way far. Come on, y'all. 200 balloons. Then they got the repeat of the who's going to stop 200 balloons? Nobody. Let's do it. And that's repeated again. Um, Okay, so more references to parties here, right? So we've got the reference to the party man now. So again clear example of how this is interpreted as a joker song because the joker is the party man here he's referring to himself as the party man you know the party man will take you way far definitely that was an alias of the joker that prince had created for the soundtrack with the song party man uh anything in here that you wanted to touch on or talk about 
this line, I made you a couple of times, and so you made me a star. This has been just, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. And I honestly, and I always hate to admit, I can, I, I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of it. I watched this movie last night. <laughs> like, I don't know what to make of that particular line. Yeah, it's a bit confounding because, you know, then that doesn't really happen in the film. Yeah. Like, the Joker never, because, again, I you have to kind of assume that the use of the word made here in the I made you a couple times is basically I was had a you know sexual relationship with you I had sex mm-hmm. with you a couple of times to make you is another uh term for having sex with somebody I made you right. a couple of times so you made me a star so it seems like there's some sort of mutually beneficial thing going on there like I'll do you right. good if you make me a star, but then that doesn't yeah. really ever happen. That never materializes in the film. So I think it's just something Prince made up because there's nothing to indicate in here that, you know, that has occurred where somebody exchanged, you know, sex for stardom. Yeah. You know, from, from a literal not. standpoint. Now, the Joker could be perceived as being that kind of a person where he would exchange something for something else like i'll you know tit for tat type of situation scratch my back i scratch yours and you know like but also then here scratch my back i'll scratch i promise to scratch yours and then of course never doing that it never happens right (laughs) (laughs) and he's evil what this little phrase here because it is a bit confusing all i kind of get into it or all i kind of take away from it i should say is that there's the implication of some sort of mutually beneficial uh, relationship going on between the the subject of the song, which I guess is the Joker, and somebody else, whether it's uh, the, the people of Gotham City. Like, if we say, if I made you a couple of times and we don't think it means sex, we think it could also be a metaphor for, you know, I, I gave you some things, like I, I gave you money. created you. Yeah, I, you know, or, or in the case of certain people within his crew, he created them, he turned them yeah. into his henchmen. And um, so there's different ways that you can interpret yeah. the term or the word, the phrase, I made you a couple of times. And Could he have maybe been talking to Batman? Mm. That's, a, that's a question. Could he have been talking to him? Because when we get to the end, there's a point where, you know, he says you... I made you. No, you made me. And then I made you. So, you know, could that possibly be? I mean, I know that's like going real deep, but no, it's just I been mean, on my mind for so many days. But I wonder if that's it, because the more that Batman, you know, has to has to deal with with the Joker, the more infamous he becomes. Yeah. So could it possibly be that that's what the line? I don't know. I do like that a lot. Um, and I think that there's some validity to it because the Joker is definitely not a low key criminal, right? I mean, he's very, right. he goes on TV in one scene, yeah. you know, he's, he's like joking around, like literally Joker. He's the Joker. So he's on TV making jokes, uh, getting people's attention. So mm-hmm. he's definitely drawing attention to himself throughout the film. He's not one of those, you know, mob people that are just all, you know, beneath the surface and trying to do everything 
you know, without without being noticed. He's definitely all about being noticed, and he's all about the spectacle of of his criminal activities. Yeah. So, you know, for him to say, and I'm a star, um, you know, you made me a star could definitely mean Fat Man made him star by, you know, responding to his threats. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because people are interested in Batman, so they're going to be interested in whoever Batman's after by default. Yeah. And he's so, the bad yeah, guy like so yeah. I like that a lot. Good one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and came up with some a little bit deep. <laughs> a little bit deep. Coming up with some meaning that I don't think either of us uh had before we started talking. Yeah. It's always I nice. That. Uh so take me for what I'm worth and love me for what I are. That's just kind of like it um, you know, take me for what I'm worth is a way to interpret, I guess, um just take me for what I'm worth, meaning like uh well we know what that means. If we're not talking Batman, that's that's mm-hmm. somebody who has to or is just being kind of drained of their own personal resources, uh, whether that's money or whether that's love or, you know, time, whatever it is that they're giving, people can drain that out of you without them even realizing it. Or sometimes it's intentional. Right. But, um, just love me for what I are is also kind of a very straightforward line, but. I guess those can be interpreted as um, a few different, maybe a couple different things if you're talking and looking at it from the Joker's perspective. So, yeah. like pretty much what you see is what you get. So you're gonna have to yeah. love this. Yep, love yeah. me for who I am, and you know the people of Gotham City love me for for being a criminal and uh, somebody who's dangerous, but also gives them money when they want yeah. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I don't really know what what, <laughs> what they get out of the, with the Joker, um, besides you know, um, scare tactics and, and right. potential death. But maybe they see something in him that is exciting, you know, because he's so yeah. he's so personable, he's so uh, charismatic, and maybe they see things in the Joker that they like, even if they have to look past a lot of really bad stuff. Which yeah, a lot of people like the bad guy. A lot of people root for the bad guy. There has been bad guys that have been elected to uh, our office, oh, yeah, highest definitely. office. So you know, yeah. and people always pointed at a lot um, of people like them. Pointed at the uh, charisma that some of these uh, politicians have, and have to look past some of or many of their fault, their flaws, and they yeah. still are loved and and beloved. Unfortunately. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm going to brought it up, but I just, you know, yeah, I think of it wasn't me. people who have to look past, and and you can actually don't have to even think of it from politicians. There's a lot of public figures, celebrities that maybe have kind of messy backgrounds, messy pasts, or presents yeah. that people, people just look are able them. to look past because they like what they do, they like the uh, end result of what they do, yeah. so. The separating the art from the artist kind of thing. Yes. People have the ability. I do not have that ability, but I know many people have the ability to do that. Yeah. And maybe in the case of the Joker, it's separating the crime from the criminal. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) charisma wins a lot of times. Joker, you're the greatest, even though you just murdered 10 people. You tried to kill us, but we love you. (laughs) Love you anyway, man. You're the party, man. Love you for what you are. Yeah. Don't stop me now. It's my life.
Okay, so then uh, I think we would consider probably this more like an interlude. So there's, it's uh, party time, y'all, 200 balloons, don't stop me now, poets, life has just begun, raven to the joy, y'all, the only one, don't try to stop us, fly with me, yeah, fly with me, come on, fly with me, it's party time, 200 balloons. Uh... I mean, you know, I think you and I probably have the same kind of like key line out of here, and that's the whole raven to the joy, y'all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because in the context of 1989, there's really nothing we haven't heard that phrase before. Right. Um, and we wouldn't hear that phrase officially for another 10 years. Yeah. But very obviously, in history has shown us Prince was working on the raven to the joy fantastic project right before Way back he was. In yeah. yeah, right before he was um, began participation and began work on Batman. So that would have been his next album after Love Sexy if Batman right. hadn't come around. So we had to, you know, pause all of that work in the, in the songs that he had written for that, including the title track, Raven to the Joy Fantastic. And that is a song that, has never officially the the eighty eight ish I think is when he recorded version mm-hmm. of Raven to the Joy Fantastic that's never officially been released by the Prince Estate but there's been yeah. versions of that song floating around forever so it right. is it's it's not that hard to find if you look for it if you want to hear the original Raven to the Joy Fantastic or you could just listen to the nineteen nineteen ninety nine official version yeah. that came out on the album. But nevertheless, so that's a that's a phrase that Prince had coined around this time, and he's like, "Well, damn it, I don't, I'm not going to release this song in 1989 now." <laughs> but I really so let me give him a little teaser. <laughs> let me give him a little teaser. Yes, I like this phrase, like you know, it's something that he created. So he 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 has these phrases that he comes up with, and he'll use them for a little bit because he likes them or just thinks they're yeah. clever or. Uh, they 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 have meaning deep meaning to him and is where he is in his life at that time. And for me, Raven to the Joy Fantastic has always kind of been like the party to end all parties, the party until the end of time. Um, I don't know if that's even right because I haven't really crossed the Raven to the Joy Fantastic bridge yet. But mm-hmm. that's how I've always interpreted that song to me, like a party right before the end of the world. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's kind of how I always. Attach here, though. I mean, you know, it's it's a party, and exactly. So, so it it fits. It fits absolutely. It fits, yeah. But there we are. There we got a little teaser and something that he probably said or something that he believed for himself. You know, and some people have that kind of thing. I have a very dear friend who's an incredible writer who always says "snatch joy" for as long. I've probably known him twenty years. And he <laughs> always says that that's it's a, his email signature. It's anytime you speak to him at some point, he is going to encourage you to snatch joy. Snatch so I always joy. look at it in the same way. Yeah. Snatch joy. You just take it. Don't wait for it. Yeah. I think the the closest Prince had probably was 
welcome or um, may you live to see the dawn. Yeah. He used that for quite a long time before Welcome to the Dawn came across. So like something like Rave, you know, that, that came and went fairly quickly. And maybe maybe the Rave here is more of a spiritual awakening or a spiritual party before, you know, Armageddon or the end of the world. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I'm not we're not here to dissect the lyrics to Rave into the Joy Fantastic, but um <laughs> yet. <laughs> not yet, but I do think it's interesting that he put it in there. Yeah. Uh, the don't don't try to stop us again uh, i like that because it, it just feels like there's a lot of momentum happening in this song like there's party 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 but also we've got like we're partying for a reason and i think prince tries to inject a little bit of reason into um why there's there's this mm-hmm. big party going on that he's been talking about in the first three verses and could be tied to that rave into the joy fantastic don't try to stop yeah. us because it comes like right after it the only one don't try to stop us um yeah, so gonna get that little moment from him yeah oh. we got to get that little yeah. kind of spiritual glimpse out of prince Definitely. even when he's yeah. not writing songs for a spiritual project yeah that was the prince way inject your own philosophies into songs that don't necessarily need it on the surface. Well, we love that about him. Oh yeah, it we makes it that, fascinating yeah. to to dissect forty yeah, 30, you just 30 have years to pause later. And <laughs> that little one little moment out in something that's just that we already said at the top was literal. So yeah. now there's the moment where it maybe not be might not be so not so literal. Yeah. Exactly. And the poet's life has just begun line that goes right before Raven to the Joy, y'all. So poets, don't stop me now. Poet's life has just begun. Raven to the Joy, y'all, the only one. Don't try to stop us. I feel like those lines are more interesting than basically anything that has come Mm -hmm. prior to them (laughs) because they are much more cryptic uh, and they do probably, and I say probably because I don't know, I wasn't Prince, but they probably have some deeper spiritual meaning to Prince when he was writing them. So it's like, it's like I Prince was again fulfilling an obligation to write music for this soundtrack for this film, and I say that he was given an assignment. I feel like this is where he's, you know, putting in the extra credit. Like I, I yeah, I completed the assignment, but I, I also, hey, Mr. Burton, I'm giving you some extra credit. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay, I didn't ask for that, but. Yeah, but okay. you're the little lane yet. You're just a little lane yet for y'all. <laughs> or maybe the extra credits for the listeners, which is probably yes. more accurate. He probably didn't care at all. If... I don't think he cared one bit what Tim Burton, <laughs> no. Burton thought, but for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, or for himself, for minimally, yeah. for himself. Yeah. So then after that is just a, kind of a lot of the same, or coming up right after that is more of the same kind of, uh, phrases 200 balloons let's do it fly with me so we get a lot of that again uh he throws some things in like hey it's been good fly 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 with me um and then you hear a sample get your house in order
I've already talked about this in a previous episode because that house sample was used also in Bat Dance. Here it's a little longer. Get your house in order versus just the word house. So I guess it probably makes just as much sense to talk just very briefly about the sample, likely having come from Mavis Staples, who Prince was recording music with at around the same time. Mm-hmm. The song ended up being ultimately released a few years later. But um, it seems seems the most logical conclusion one can make is it was a song recorded back in the 80s. Prince sampled it and then chopped up that sample even smaller for Bat Dance. But we get more of a full get your house in order sample here and 200 balloons. Turn your head to the east. I'll be coming from the west. Ain't no stopping me, baby, because I'm the best. Cry, cry. I love it when you moan. This funk will cut so deep. Gonna touch your soul. Funk is Don't stop me now. I got Don't stop me now. I make Funk is multi-layered. Don't stop me now. I got my fever pumping. Don't stop me now. I make love to you eight days from sea to sea. Got a warehouse full of protection. Three times. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, <laughs> I want to be your busy bee. I'll be your busy bee. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just like riffing here, I think. Just kind of. Yeah. Saying stuff to say stuff. Because um, again. Yeah, nothing here you could apply to the film at all. It's like he right. again, he he did he did his thing. Like I, I gave you three verses of of lyrics that you can be interpreted as uh, you know matching what the film is. But I got I got a, like another minute or two of music I want to fill with something. I don't want to just outro it with just the beat again and some samples. So I'm going right. to throw some. Some crazy print shit in here, and this is what I'm <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, this is like hold my coat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now I'm gonna just do what I want to do right in this part. Yeah. Yeah, and and, it, and I don't even know. Again, I I struggle with these types. Like when it gets to this parts of certain songs, because are these really lyrics? I don't know. I mean, they they're words that he's saying, so you could. Yeah, good ad lib. Consider them lyrics, but if they're ad libs, then how much yeah. stock do you put in an ad lib? Unless there's something like really funny or interesting or kind of um, revelatory in some of these ad libs, or if there's a connection to be made. But, you know, I don't think we need to dissect ad libs per se. Yeah. Uh, it's just that's what it feels to me is more, more or less ad libs. You know, he throws in that some sexuality order part. Yeah, which is what throws me to get your house in order, which is, you know, very much a spiritual thing, getting your house in order mm-hmm. so that you can be prepared for the second coming. And because of who he was, it's difficult for me to not imagine that he may have thrown just that little moment in there. You know, you might it, it, that it might stick. That that might, and it did for me. It 
it stood out. So, you know, does it stand out for people in that way? Or is it just kind of ad lib stuff, you know, that people just really don't pay a lot of attention to? Well, I think that because it's coming from a different voice, it yeah. stands out to me as well. So whenever you have like Prince singing, Prince singing, Prince singing, but then he throws in somebody else's voice, whether it's a live voice like Rosie Gaines or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whomever, Jill Jones, or in this case, a sample, what we believe is a sample from Ava Staples, it, mm-hmm. it sticks out, right? So it, it, I think it's smart if he, if he really intended that phrase, get your house in order to be heard, heard from the listeners mm-hmm. of this song. It makes it was smart of him to use somebody else's voice to say it to kind of stand out from the rest of what he was doing at this part of the song. For sure, yeah. Uh, the "I got a warehouse full of protection" line is just funny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> two times. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, it's like great. I mean, <laughs> that's wonderful news. A warehouse full. <laughs> I mean, we knew he was very much into safe sex, but uh, yeah, um, wow, especially around this time. Like I, I know the, there's a song coming up from the B side of Scandalous called "Sex," and mm-hmm. that song speaks a bit about you know um, having a monogamous relationship and practicing safe sex. So this was something that was on Prince's mind around this time. You kind of wonder, like, what happened? Did he have a pregnancy scare? Did he have an STD scare? Did he, or was it just because it was in the environment at the time? Like the HIV really being a concern for people in the late 80s because it was really, people were dying um, left and right from it. So you just kind of wonder what was, like, the, um, what was, like, the the source of these themes Mm -hmm. that he was expressing about safe sex uh, you know, whatever, we'll never know, but it just makes you wonder, like, what was going on at this time? <laughs> Did he have, like, yeah. some situation where... was happening. In his life, <laughs> exactly. That kind of, like, what, had a, a wake-up call for him that he needed to start preaching this? I don't know. But he was definitely into, you know, talking about it and, and making sure that he expressed that, hey, I might be very sexual, you know, and I make sexual songs and... Um, but I also want to be responsible and I want you as yeah. to be responsible as well. So maybe take after me and use me as your motivator or. Be very that, sexual, but also yeah. be protected. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I absolutely love this song. I think it's just fun. And it was intended to be that. And um, I think that it's just that simple, just, you know, on just on its face it was just that just meant to be something that was fun and thrown in here's the scene can you make something that works with it here you go Mm -hmm. i do too it's it's a song that i listen to i don't listen to it a ton i'll be honest but um i never like turn it off when it's on or yeah if i'm like listening to the b-sides like i have all the b-sides and i'm just like listening to them in order or even like shuffled I don't ever think, ugh, 200 balloons. Wish I could skip yeah, let this. Me skip that one. <laughs> right. So it's not a I go to. Yeah. This isn't the one that you're looking for, but you're also not passing it up. When yeah. You get to it. 
Yeah, so I'm yeah. not I'm not mad at Tim Burton for asking Prince if he could come up with something else because I like Trust better, to be honest. Yeah, I ain't mad at him for I that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's 200 balloons in a nutshell. We covered it. Is there um, anything that you want to tell the uh, listeners about where to find you on social media at all? Um, I'm on Twitter, just running my mouth over there a lot of times. <laughs> you can find me. Um, I am at Melanin Monroe or Angel Monique, either one of those. Nothing else too much is going on right now for me because we're still in the process of rebuilding and, you know, the bakery is not hasn't returned yet so i'm just on social media just causing trouble when i can <laughs> talking about prince rebel rouser <laughs> <laughs> that's me that's what they call me <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need more people like you angel <laughs> all right well thank you so much for being on the show i always appreciate your input um yeah hopefully you'll come back sometime i would love to thank you so much for having me and for you know i mean i don't I know we hadn't spoken about it, and if it, and I'd like to take a moment. Um, I am recovering from COVID, and we have been doing a lot of back and forth about whether I sound ready, because I don't hear what everyone else hears. Everybody else is fine. I hear congestion, and um, I know that it's a weird space, and, you know, a lot of people don't like talking about it, and people have made it political to me. It is just, it's just a an issue of health and and living and as a person who struggles with long COVID and who nearly lost my life from it a couple of years ago and just had it again due to someone else being careless, I'm just going to encourage y'all to please be careful and take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Agreed. I echo that sentiment. We all need to take care of each other this time and we also yeah. all need to be cognizant of our of our actions may have consequences to people outside of our own circle. So please be aware and uh, do your best to help your fellow man, woman, and child. Absolutely. Well, we this has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Just look for Press Rewind Pod or the Presser Wine podcast, you should be able to find it, no problem. Check me out on um, my blog, PresserWine.net, and also on Discord. So if you use Discord, you can find a link to the Discord server that I use in any of my social media handles. So uh, enjoy the show, and until next time, goodbye.